Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing the Set Apart to Serve series today. Great conversation ahead of us. Also, October is a very special month. We're going to learn more about that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. James Bonnick, his Executive Director for LCMS Pastoral Education. And who knew that pastoral education would include so much more this year? <laughs> right. Leading us in Set Apart to Serve. Dr. Bonnick, thanks so much for being our guest again on the Coffee Hour. Yeah, great to be with you. Thanks. We are having a blast with the Set Apart to Serve series, and you send us encouraging emails every week letting us know how much you enjoy hearing these stories as well. Learning about church workers and encouraging young people to consider church work vocations. October is a special month, and we're preparing for that. What is so special about October? Yeah, October is a church worker appreciation month. And historically, or at least for the last decade or so, we've had Pastor Appreciation Month. But with Set Apart to Serve, we've expanded that Church Worker Appreciation Month. And when we talk about church workers, we're talking specifically about pastors, Lutheran school teachers, deaconesses, director of Christian education, director of Christian outreach, director of family life ministry, director of parish music, and director of church ministries. And all of these people just do fabulous things in the life of the church. And so we feel they just we just need to have a whole month to appreciate them. A number of congregations are expanding it, though. They're appreciating other people in their congregation, and that's just great, like their church secretary or their custodians, the volunteers. That's good, too. But it was set apart to serve. We're specifically talking about our church workers, our full-time church workers. So why is it so important to appreciate these people, <laughs> specifically the, this group of people? Well, I think of Thessalonians. Paul writes to the Thessalonian church, and he says, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. I think in a life of discouragement, where we're so discouraged, where we can even, people can say things that are not very positive to one another, it just tears us down. And and uh, our church workers really need to hear that they are appreciated. And by doing, and to do that, we encourage them. We encourage them for the great work that they're doing. And so it is that great work is bringing uh, Christ to us, delivering the Word of God to us. We think of the Lutheran school teacher. She does much more than just teach subjects, which is really important for life, but she teaches the faith and she integrates, or he integrates the faith every single day, every single hour. And that's so important because, I mean, there's great things that are important in the world, but there's nothing more important than Christ, forgiveness, eternal life. And whether it's our pastors, our Lutheran school teachers, the music director through song, And they're delivering Christ to us, and they're teaching Christ to us. They're teaching us about forgiveness and eternal life. Also, I would say expressing kindness to everyone is great, but 
if we can just give special recognition to our church workers and express kindness to them, if we can just build them up, because a little bit of building up goes a long <laughs> way. I mean, it, it can ignite a teacher or a pastor for weeks that they know that they are indeed appreciated, that they really are built up. So... You shared with us a kind of long list of various church workers in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod that serve in a variety of ways, from pastors who are preaching and teaching and administering the sacraments to educators and those in care or mercy ministry as well. What goes into the formation of these church workers? Because I know we're preparing for church worker appreciation, but to understand the backstory of, you know, how someone gets to this vocation or to this office of serving in the church, what goes into that formation of church workers that might help us more appreciate who they are and what how they're serving the church today? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Let's just take pastors first. Pastors is the one office in the life of the church that Christ commands in Holy Scripture. And so we take that very seriously in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. So to become a pastor in the most ordinary route, which is today we call that the master divinity route, a young man, generally young, goes to pre-seminary education We would encourage that young man to go to one of our Concordias to do that. It's not the only way, but I'm going to talk about the Concordia path. So our Concordia, you know, Irvine or Nebraska or Chicago, St. Paul, um, Mequon, all of those, they would form a man to become a pastor, most of all with the biblical languages. We do teach... I mean, think about that. Our pastors learn Hebrew and Greek in order to shepherd us so that they really know what God's Word is saying, so they can really interpret the Word of God, so that they can apply that to our lives. And then they're taught some theology, but actually for our pre-seminary pastors, we encourage them to take business courses, we rhetoric courses, and so on. And then at the seminary itself— Well, then they learn. That's kind of the intense time where they're learning theology. They're learning God's word all the more. They're learning history. They're learning practical, how to preach, how to teach, how to administrate a congregation. All the other ones as well, in order to be certified for church work, they need to go to a Concordia. And so they become Lutheran school teachers through a bachelor's degree with a special certificate of Lutheran education, or a DCE is actually a five-year program ordinarily, and teaching them the Word of God, teaching them about, generally they work with youth, and so they learn many things about youth and youth ministry. A musician, think of the hours of practice that go on. And so, I mean, that, that could be a session all of its own, your question, but basically a bachelor's degree for every one of these with some very specialized training and extra courses even. And then the seminary, four more years coming out with a master's degree. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, for deaconesses as well. There's, exactly. I mean, there's a bachelor route, but there's also the master's and theology and, and all of this to form them in God's word so that they can go and serve in the church in all of these different vocations. Yeah, you're exactly right. So how does appreciation of these 
church workers help a congregation build up this culture of valuing these church workers just I mean first of all just to, to value their work and to hold it up but also to encourage other people in the congregation and in their circles to in, to consider church work you know the Lord has given me some marvelous experience I had a marvelous congregation in North Dakota I served there for 16 years as pastor this congregation was so great at encouraging me, building me up. And it wasn't like my ego or it wasn't that I needed, you know, stroking. But it was when they appreciated the fact that I did what a pastor's supposed to do, preach God's word faithfully to them, be there when they most needed me in time of sickness or death or shut-in visits or when their children were in trouble. And they would send me a, a note of encouragement. They would personally thank me. Thank you. Thank you for sharing God's word with us. Pastor Appreciation Month, I mean, they would have a cake for me during fellowship <laughs> time. And uh, this might get into a longer answer, but they would give me like a card shower. It wasn't so much the card, but it was the notes that they wrote in there. And I would go home and I'd read those. And that made me want to serve them all the more. Now, I know I should want to serve them anyway, right? <laughs> but just that encouragement, I think that's what St. Paul is even talking about. I mean, it encourages us to do even more, to serve even more, to be more joyful, to serve God's people. And so I think that culture of encouragement, I also, I picked up this little book once, and it was on how to encourage people. It had nothing to do with the Bible or anything, but I thought, you know, that sounds interesting. And just the little, the few tidbits that I learned in there, it taught me to, after an elders meeting, just send a brief note to the elders. Hey, thanks for serving. Or after somebody got done with vacation Bible school, you know, to buy them a $5 coffee gift <laughs> certificate and a note and to thank them. And so that, I th that was great what you said in encourage a culture of encouragement and that just makes for a healthy congregation certainly the word of god is the very foundation of all that but how we act upon that and how we live as baptized children within a congregation certainly creates that culture of encouragement well i think that culture uh, those acts create a culture that's very open where you feel like you can have conversations that I, you regard those relationships more warmly, which means right. more opportunities for interaction, more opportunities for for time together in prayer, for being able to support one another in your vocations, whatever they may be. Right. And you mentioned receiving the, you know, the card shower and all the notes that were written in those. And it's not that they were probably something super extravagant. <laughs> right. They were just honest messages, it sounds like. That's right. About what they appreciated about how you served them. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, what you just said made me think of something else, however, <laughs> is building that culture and yet there were times when we sinned against each other. I can remember one time when I kind of snapped at one of my members. It wasn't very nice at all. And I, I came back to them and him and I said, that was very wrong of me. I'm just really sorry I did that. And he forgave me. And my point is having that culture of encouragement, of love and respect, that allows for us when we do sin against each other that we can readily ask for forgiveness and readily give it right mm -hmm. to know that is that 
Right. That you can ask for forgiveness and it's not something that's going to be done properly. Right. That's not going to be withheld. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's appropriate for someone to give forgiveness. That exactly. It's, that they're not going to hold a grudge mm-hmm. against you, but that right. they too want to see that relationship restored. Exactly. And strengthened. Yeah. We have so much more to talk about in this conversation, but it's time for a short break. We'll come back and continue the conversation with Reverend Dr. James Bonick, Executive Director for LCMS Pastoral Education and Set Apart to Serve, right here on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. October is Church Worker Appreciation Month. And we're so we're preparing for that. Right. Now, what are you doing? Are you to prepare for Church Worker Appreciation Month? What are you doing to prepare for appreciating your pastor and the other church workers? I know you have teachers at your congregation as well. Are you like lining up a big parade? What are your Stacking plans for Church Worker Appreciation Month? In my own congregation? Yeah. <gasps> well, that's a great con- uh, a great question. <laughs> I got to get on that. That's right. <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, we've got a couple of weeks. I certainly do. October will be here soon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I- I'm thinking the committee is going to work on that. <laughs> no, but that's a good point. And I'm going to go right to my congregation now and say, hey, how are we going to appreciate our workers? However, one of those workers is a very special Lutheran school teacher, which is my wife. <laughs> and so I appreciate her all the time. <laughs> Okay, so so taking you off the spot there, right. how are ways that your, I don't know, your committee or other committees or church congregations can plan right. for Church Worker Appreciation Month? No, that's great. One of the things is with Set Apart to Serve, if you go on the Set Apart to Serve website, we've got a whole bunch of resources there about how to have Church Worker Appreciation Month. And some of the things that we've already mentioned, just the encouragement that takes place, giving them ideas of how they can appreciate their workers, whether it be by a cake or a fellowship or cards or gift cards to them. This year, we wanna build out every year a little bit more. Uh, This year, uh, I wrote a sermon Um, for the second from the last Sunday of um, October before Reformation Sunday and about uh, church worker appreciation, about why we would do that, um, why God's Word encourages us to do something like that. I also wrote a Bible study for the pastor or a leader to lead their congregation through that. Also, I know a number of congregations do like children's talks during the service, and we did that for them as well. I don't know if, uh, like, when I used to receive those, you don't have to use the sermon, you know, 
word for word, but hopefully it will give pastors especially ideas about talking to their congregation about appreciating workers. Now, that was kind of interesting because you don't want to write a sermon for a pastor to say, hey, appreciate me. <laughs> and so, here's why you should appreciate yeah, that's me. that's <laughs> exactly right. But I think our pastors especially will find that very uniquely it talked about why God gives us the gifts of church workers and how they are indeed special in our lives in the sense that give the word of God to us, that they equip us for forgiveness and eternal life. So. My wife is also a director of Christian education, as am I. And our congregation is just so generous every year when, and throughout the year as well, you know, birthday comes up and they're very generous in showing their appreciation and support for her and church worker appreciation month as well. They're just very generous. Lots of invitations for, for celebrating that, whether it's going out to dinner or coffee or as you mentioned earlier, gift cards for coffee as well. And I know how much she appreciates that. And I also get some of that benefit too, some of the (laughs) overflow. So I enjoy some of the coffee too. But how does showing appreciation for our church workers, how is it a part of Set Apart to Serve? Well, we've learned several things just in working with uh, Set Apart to Serve. Uh, One of those is that our pastors and all of our church workers actually we did a number of surveys of our current church workers. Our current church workers said the people that most influenced them to become church workers was their own pastor, was their Lutheran school teacher or their DCE. However, um, we also learned that pastors, full-time pastors, full-time church workers, only about 50% of them are talking to our children about becoming church workers. Now, where am I going with that? Why only 50%? Because a number of our church workers are not feeling very appreciated. They're getting burned out. COVID has been just quite devastating on our church workers. We even There are articles not only by Missouri Synod, but others who are saying a number of pastors, young pastors, are leaving the ministry, especially after COVID. They're feeling unappreciated. And so we set apart to serve in order for pastors and teachers, DCs, deaconesses to encourage our children to be church workers. They themselves need to be happy with their own vocation. They need to be know that they're appreciated. They need to be encouraged themselves. So one of the reasons why we want to appreciate and encourage our church workers is just to make healthy, just to help make healthy church workers. And so that they can also then encourage our children, hey, this is a vocation that is very fulfilling. It has its ups and downs. It has its crosses to bear, but there's nothing better than proclaiming the word of Christ, teaching little children, teaching musicians, teaching congregational members about Christ and his word, again, for forgiveness and eternal life. So we've got October as Church Worker Appreciation Month. We have the Set Apart to Serve initiative that's tying this all together and really helping us to encourage young people. So how do we extend all of that throughout the year? Obviously, we make October extra special, but throughout the year, we don't want to forget about our church workers either. So how do we do that throughout the year to to 
to build up this uh, more more healthy church workers. Yeah, no, you can only do that in October. Yeah, only October, guys. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's absolutely right. Even before you asked that, I was thinking of an elder in my congregation again in North Dakota. One day, at the end of the day, he was a Lutheran school teacher. I mean, no, I'm sorry, he was a public school teacher, high school, and he walks in. And he brings a bag of donuts and two coffees, <clears throat> sits at my at the other side of my desk and just says, how you doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, this wasn't in October. And he never once asked me, you know, told me of how I should do my ministry. He probably had things he could tell me what I could do better, but he didn't do that. He just said, how you doing? And that actually developed into just a marvelous relationship, that elder and me. And I would say for a congregational member to come to their to go to their teacher, to go to their pastor, deaconess, ask those kinds of questions throughout the year. How you doing? Or after a funeral, you know, pastor, I know that was a tough funeral for you. How, how you doing? Or uh, I can tell you after Easter, I would pack my family up like Monday and Tuesday <laughs> and we would just go to a hotel in the Badlands of North Dakota. Yeah. And for church members to recognize, yeah, Uh, He needs that time off. Or, Pastor, here's a gift card. Take your kids to McDonald's, you know. And pastors can do that for their members, too. It's not just that the pastor or the teacher needs all that, you know, all those gifts. That's kind of that culture we talked about earlier. It's that culture year-round of thanking, of encouraging our church workers, of our laity, of our teachers. I I can tell you, I mean, teachers, we've been focusing quite a bit lately on our Lutheran school teachers. Quite honestly, um, they're they're underpaid. And I think they're probably one of the most unappreciated church workers. I mean, that's not scientific, of course. (laughs) But I mean, they work hard. They work long hours. They go to school on Sunday in the afternoon and prepare. They're correcting papers during the football game in the evening or whatever they're watching. They work hard. And I think for there are a number of parents who really do appreciate our teachers, no doubt. But I think let's keep that in mind, whether it be our DCs, our deaconesses, our teachers, year-round. Let's just say, hey, you're doing a great job. We're thankful that uh, you're our child's teacher. DC, thanks for taking the kids to the youth gathering. We know that was a lot of work. So I think it's great to have that culture year-round. And you mentioned teachers, educators, because they have that skill set, because they have those gifts and that education, that experience. Generally, they also end up being by default quite often the Sunday school teachers mm-hmm. as well, because they <laughs> you are right. Uh, they have mm-hmm. those skill sets. So th- not only are they preparing for their lessons throughout the week, but they're also um, out of the the joy and love for the Lord all, and for these children, doing preparation to teach a Sunday school lesson as well. Very likely, not all of them, but no, you're right. Uh, I've seen it number of VBS teachers too, mm-hmm. right? They're actually leading the VBS right. program. Right, mm-hmm. because they it have, is their skill set. Right. It's their skill set. It's in mm-hmm. their wheelhouse and the, they also have a love for it as well. They really do. And some of them might just think that maybe they're the best at it. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's that too. <laughs> Rightfully wow. so. Rightfully so. And so, you know, if they have those gifts, they feel like they should do it. And understandably so. Teachers are wonderful. And I agree with you in terms of, you know, compensation, things like that. If you were to compare it with, um, 
you know, other settings, right? Likely, it it would be nice if we could certainly compensate our teachers even better because it's a vocation that we truly do appreciate. Right. I know as a parent of a student in a Lutheran school, how much I appreciate the countless hours that teachers put in. And I know it's a sacrifice for many right. of them. And I think we can work on that together. Yeah. So. yeah. What else do we need to know with just about a minute left in terms of set apart to serve? Um, what should we next week? We'll get to hear from Glenn Rollins, the manager for set apart to serve. What else do we need to know or be watching for? Well, two things. Pilot project. Every single district president has submitted a congregation or school. They're going to uh, that congregation is going to work with us for a whole year, testing our materials, helping us write materials. So we're excited about that. CPH. We're also working with them. LCEF has also given us a two hundred thousand dollar grant to work with the Concordia Publishing House in writing a full church worker recruitment curriculum. So those are the two big things right now. That's outstanding. And where do we find or how do we follow what's going on with Set Apart to Serve? Setapartoserve.org. I mean, it's right there on the website. Very good. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Bonick. Always a pleasure to get to spend some time with you and talk more about encouraging people to consider church work vocations. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.